the whole point here is how do you kind of reduce stress, uh, have a relaxing opportunity just to hang out um, and not have to have something that takes a lot of work to plan. Um, and so th if that's something that you think you could really enjoy, I know that there are, are several families that we've had uh, this kind of a relaxing weekend and it totally cemented our relationship with them for the next decade or more. Welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called A House for Community, where we provide households with personal coaching for how to build a community and turn your home into a hub for community relationships. So if you're interested in learning more about A Thousand Houses or checking out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. Whenever we're coaching a family team, one of the things that we like to really dial in on is their rhythms. What does their daily life look like? What does their weekly life look like? And then what is their annual rhythm like? Each of these different rhythms have very different, uh, different purposes. Daily rhythms are like breathing. They're kind of, they inhabit the really essential parts of, of life. They're not super exciting. They need to be fairly low key because they have to be super sustainable, uh, but they're really critical things. And then we have weekly rhythms, which are things that we want to really understand that, that are related to our identity, things we do on a regular basis that are critical for our family to really thrive. And so we want to think about and we spend most of our time really crafting that week. And the final one is the annual rhythm. These are the big celebratory events. How do you, how do, you do holidays? How do you do vacations? And Communities have similar rhythms. They have daily rhythms, they have weekly rhythms, they have annual rhythms. And what I want to talk to you guys about a little bit is special events or things that can fit into that annual rhythm bucket. And some of these are, they can be, they don't have to be done every single year, uh, but these are things that you want to have sort of in your back pocket that you may need to pull out because there are certain nutrients that the community needs. So we want you guys to be aware of what some of these are. Uh, and because you are quickly, as you're beginning to form this community, you might discover that it could be easier in some cases to pull out an annual sort of tool and just go ahead and, and do an, a, a big special event to really jumpstart something or to create uh, sudden deeper connections and things like that. So I want to talk through what those look like because each of these are really important. We want you to be aware of these. Um, the one thing I want to say is a big caveat is that these are not things you want to just put on the list of things to do every year, um, especially early on. They, they, these can take a lot of work. And so the way we like to think about annual rhythms, even as a family, is we only add one per year. And then if that becomes really sustainable, then we'll add a second or a third or a fourth. But we want to be really careful how to add these because these can really burn you out if you're trying to organize and, and really initiate something that's very, very new. Um, so we want to be really careful with these. But I want you to be aware of what they are in case you feel like, ooh, we really ought to do that one soon. And so I'm going to talk through what these are. Others you can put in your backpack and kind of hold on to them for later. Um, but these are the five, uh, our five favorite ideas for or either annual or, or one-time kind of bigger special events. The first one um, is the relaxing retreat. Now, this is when there's a spirit of busyness that tends to happen a lot in your gatherings or in the like open supper time, oftentimes with like younger kids. There's just, there doesn't seem to be that kind of timelessness where you can really just relax 
and hang out with each other. If that's happening a lot and you're just feeling like, ooh, that connection's not happening, what families tend to do, right, is that they go off on a, on a weekend away. They might do a little camping trip together and just like get time away. Find some place that's really kid-friendly so they can connect. Um, and communities can do this too. I like to call this the relaxing retreat. Now, the word relaxing, of course, is going to look different for different people, depending on what stage your family's in. Uh, but oftentimes, what I'll begin to think about it, is there like an Airbnb we can rent? Or is there some kind of campground or someplace that's really great for kids where we can just kind of relax? We can set up some tents or we can, you know, be in this house where there's lots of bedrooms. And then we can like play with the kids, get them all tired, put them all down for naps, and then get together and have a deep conversation in the evening or in the afternoon and just let people chill out. And the way that we tend to do this is instead of making this sort of a really giant uh thing to try to plan and orchestrate. What you might want to do is just put a day on the calendar and like eight weeks, 12 weeks from now, say, here's the date. We're going to do like a, just a kickback, relaxing retreat. Let us know if you're available. Let people opt in or opt out. It doesn't have to be everybody at the same time. This is, again, this, the purpose of this is just deeper connection. If one other couple goes, that's going to, your relationship with them is going to go a lot deeper, a lot faster. Oftentimes what we like to do in these kinds of things is just treat one meal a day uh, like a potluck meal and then the rest of them we just kind of you know grab food at the, at the grocery store kind of each family can prepare for their own food but again the whole point here is how do you kind of reduce stress uh, have a relaxing opportunity just to hang out um, and not have to have something that takes a lot of work to plan. Um, and so th if that's something that you think you could really enjoy, I know that there are, are several families that we've had uh, this kind of a relaxing weekend and it totally cemented our relationship with them for the next decade or more. And so this can be a really powerful uh, thing to, to plan if, if this works for, for where your family's at. Um, the second one is the biblical festival called Sukkot. This has been one that our family has been practicing for about 15 years. And as we have done that, we begin to incorporate more and more of our community into our festival of Sukkot. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sukkot, this could look very much just like one or two nights during that festival where you want to do a time where you just, you know, have like a camp out or get to experience that at somebody's house uh, or if somebody has land somewhere. Um, there's a lot to this festival that I'm not going to get into all the details. We have a lot of information on this online, but this is mostly for those of you guys who already practice Sukkot as a family. Begin to think about how to incorporate your community into that event. So for example, tonight actually, we're having a community-wide planning for our Sukkot festival that's coming up in a few weeks. And so um, we want to incorporate them. And we found that it's actually easier to do as a community than just as a family because they begin to cook and clean and it becomes a lot, a lot simpler for us to pull off an entire seven-day festival with, uh, with, a, with a whole community than just with our family alone. And so um, if you're totally new to Sukkot, we never recommend somebody trying to do a whole seven-day festival their first time. It's usually like a one or at the most two-night kind of experience. Um, but if you are doing it and have done it, and if you're a family that practices Sukkot, especially at, the, at a seven-day kind of festival level, um, then this is an incredible opportunity to involve your community in that as well. Okay, so the third one is something that we've done a few times called a testimony weekend. Uh, this is where it, once you really begin to feel like, okay, we know who the core group is here. We know that these four or five families, for example, are really, you know, gelling with these like, three or four singles. That is our community. Once you can really identify who that core team is, then oftentimes it's really helpful to 
plan a weekend away where what you do is you give every single person in the community uh, a little bit of time to share their story. And usually the, the simplest way to do this is, is to say, we want each of you guys to share the top three milestones of your spiritual life, your spiritual journey. And so they'll just share those three things. Uh, it usually it takes about 30 or 40 minutes per person. If you're gonna do a retreat like this, there's a lot of listening involved and this can be challenging. And so you wanna make sure you've really planned well. What are the kids gonna be doing during these different sessions where people are sharing their story? Uh, you wanna have snacks and drinks and a comfortable place to hang out and stay you know, comfortable seating. Uh, you wanna create lots of breaks and just you wanna really have make it fun and enjoyable, but you also wanna really give people and honor people's stories. So you wanna listen to what they have to say. And so you wanna think through, okay, is there a way that we craft a, a weekend like that, a testimony weekend? And so uh, we really enjoy that. And that we've oftentimes discovered that a testimony weekend will just jumpstart the relational, relational connection and knowledge of your community like a year out. Um, than, than a, just a whole year of just gathering. It, one of the things this also resolves is that sometimes you'll be in community with somebody for like a year or two, and then you'll overhear them telling a story that's really, really deep, uh, maybe uh, with another person. You're like, I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> like, why does that happen? It happens because oftentimes we haven't taken the time to really just let them unpack their story slowly, carefully, the whole thing. And so we want to make sure we, we understand that just we know each other really well. So Testimony Weekend can be super helpful for that. Uh, a fourth thing that you can do is, is a annual summit. Something like, and we like to do these in just like a 24 hours. This is really something that, that's really fun to do after your community has a lot of momentum and you've spent like a year or two uh, where you can just celebrate what God has done. You want to have you know, a slideshow there. You want to like have opportunities to look back you know, really think about where things are going in the future as well. And uh, so we've, these are really, really fun celebratory things that, like I said, after a year or two of, of a lot of momentum, you wanna think about doing an annual summit with your community. And so oftentimes what you'll do is you'll have people journal, what are some of the biggest things that have happened this last year? And you wanna like have like a celebration dinner. I'll, I'll, I like to cook the, kick these off like if it's a, you know, Saturday night through Sunday, then Saturday night's like a celebration dinner. We're going to be sharing stories. We're going to be sharing pictures. We're just going to be just sitting and, and, and praising the Lord for everything he's done over the last year. And then you can have a couple of meetings uh, the next day in the morning and the afternoon about just like, where are we headed? Like, what are some big questions that people have about our rhythm? What, what are the nutrients that we're lacking as a community? What are things that we, we might be able to work on for this next year? What are you guys hearing? What are you saying? What are you sensing? And begin to pray over those things as well. And so that's, that can be a simple, just 24 hour uh, summit that you can do if, if you're really seeing a lot of momentum happen in your community and you wanna keep taking it further, especially as well if you start thinking about multiplication. Uh, this, this kind of strategy uh, time is, could be really, really critical. And this kind of celebration and really honoring what has gone on will make it a lot easier to begin to think about what multiplication looks like. So that's something I just want you guys to be aware of, have in your back pocket an annual summit can be really great. The last one, and this is one that I've been dreaming about for years, is I really believe that sometimes what the community needs is a major injection of just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like you just need to marinate in what the Holy Spirit's doing. And so, you know, we've taken trips to the International House of Prayer or to other places where there is a lot of things uh, going on where people are really leaning into the Holy Spirit. If that's something that you just sense, there's just sort of a spiritual dryness that's in the community, then sometimes you just need to take, take a trip to someplace and really 
focus on what the Holy Spirit is doing. When I was a part of the Vineyard, a Vineyard Church, we did this every single year at the at the Vineyard Conference, and every year it just felt like this massive infusion where just everyone got much, much more aware of what the Holy Spirit was doing, and just we were allowed and you know having a weekend where we just were really sensing and, and listening uh, and and just experiencing spiritual gifts. And so sometimes that you can maybe pull that off as a community, just go off and, and do something like that. Um, and sometimes you may want to go someplace where there's just like a furnace of what the Lord is doing that's really beginning to, to bubble up. And you want to go there as a community because you want to like get that impartation and bring it back home with you. Uh, and I think that could be really, really powerful and helpful. I, th- I like to think about these in the category of uh, a festival called uh, Shavuot, um, which is the same, the Hebrew word for, the, the Greek word for that is Pentecost. But we know in the second chapter of Acts, there's the experience that the early church had of the Holy Spirit just coming down in like literal flames over their heads. Uh, this creates a different kind of community. And sometimes, you know, you, you need to experience that in order for you to really have what they got at the end of Acts 2 to be an Acts 2 church. A lot of people talk about Acts 2, 42 through you know, 46, though, that description of the of that first church was so on fire. But you, got, you have to remember that that came after Pentecost. They had this experience. They, were, they spent that time in Acts 1 in prayer. They experienced the impartation from the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. Then they had this deep community life that happened at the end of Acts 2. And so sometimes we're not experiencing deep community because we're not giving the Holy Spirit enough room to really uh, to really work and, and to inflame those gifts like Paul told Timothy, really stir up or inflame or fan into flame the gifts that you have. Sometimes we need to fan into flame the gifts within our body in order for us to experience those kinds of deeper community for us just to really get what the Lord wants to have for our community. So those are five things. Just go over those one more time. A relaxing retreat. Just need to chill, build a relationship, um, just get away with each other, make that really low key, really low work. Sukkot is a great experience to begin to lean into as a community. That's in the fall. It's a fall festival. Uh, a testimony weekend, that's where you, be, you hear everyone's story. Uh, an annual summit, that's when you celebrate and begin to strategize uh, what, what God's doing in the community. And then sort of that Pentecost, like where, where is the Holy Spirit moving? Where can we get an impartation of, of what he's doing? And, uh, and, and take a trip as a community to experience that. Um, and so as you guys think about this, again, really important that you never see these five things as a checklist when you're very early. Uh, these, are, these can be, feel like a lot of work, um, but it's really good to know about them and to look maybe every year, say, okay, which one of these five um, would really help our community right now? Does one of these really resonate with you? And you're like, ooh, I can see that even the next six to 12 months. So if that begins to occur to you, then, then begin to think about that. Maybe make a plan for that one thing. Uh, again, don't think about doing all five as a checklist, but, but w- is there one that, that really resonates with you? If that's true, then, then begin to make a plan and let's talk about that in, in the coaching because these can be a challenge to pull off, but there's really great ways to simplify uh, some of these things. So we'd love to give you more tips, uh, but let us know if there's something that you feel like might be really helpful for your community in this next season. Friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you and your family are sensing any kind of calling or a pool to maybe go down this path in community, we'd love to be a resource to you as you explore this. So if that's you, we want to invite you to join our coaching intensive called A House for Community, where we're going to combine online content and personal coaching for you to provide you with the teaching and the tools and definitely the encouragement that you're going to need to see your home become a house for healthy kingdom relationships. 
For more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash community coaching. We'll see you guys for the next episode.